Hi, everybody. Welcome to another comic episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Everton. Who's the comrade with me tonight? Hello, I am Comrade Kenneth Sanity here to bring glory to the son of Krypton. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> uh, and I should introduce what we're talking about real quick. Since this was something that I have wanted to read for a long time, but have never bothered to for some reason. I guess I didn't have a reason to until a podcast made me. But we're going to be talking about 2003's miniseries, Superman the Red Sun. Man, this was something. By Mark Miller, I think. Yeah, written by Mark Miller from an idea he got as a six-year-old, I guess. Yeah, which is, you know, cool. I'm, You know, when I was six years old, I was playing with action figures. This guy's thinking of comic book ideas. So, yeah, that, that works. That works good. Way to, way to make me feel. <laughs> so those that don't know, it's an Elseworld story, which is stories that aren't in the canon of the regular DC universe. So just different things that happen. Like this is a, or essentially what Marvel did is what ifs, except Elseworld sound cooler than what if. Does yeah. it though? I think it does. <laughs> Actually, I, I had only found out, like I knew this existed before. There's an animated movie that came out in 2020 also, but I've not seen. But I actually had heard about this from a podcast I listened to every week and they they bring this up every so often and so it always had my interest to finally go and read it yeah see i i've never read this before today um well before <laughs> reading it for this podcast and um the reason for that is i honestly just do not care for superman me either he's um kind of boring and i know a lot of people are like oh if you think superman's boring you don't get it i, I guess i just don't get it <laughs> He doesn't do anything for me. You know, as far as DC goes, you know, I'm a I'm a Batman guy. I like my Batman. In your defense, I, I think he's boring, too. But I don't know. Something about this story was pretty, pretty damn cool. Well, for one, I know both of us are into history. Yep. Oh, and we should put a, a quick disclaimer before I go too much farther. We are going to talk about political things. We are going to talk about Republican Democrats most and ones that aren't real. And we're going to talk about some stuff from the 1950s because this takes place in a what if story, the 1950s to 2001, I think. So we're going to get political because it's going to fit the story that we're talking about. So you've been warned. And it's, it, it's really good that you bring up the 50s because the art style on this is just beautifully evocative of like 50s cartoons and comic books it's 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 really good like i i like how it starts off too like you have people lois answer the phone goes lois lane i mean lois luther i'm like what the i i like that that was cool and then you have jimmy olsen but he's not a reporter he works for the government or cia or something i don't remember yeah he's he's some higher you know i think it's like cia and he you know, everybody just grows during this story, which is really cool to me. Like, this feels lived in, even though it's only like a three-issue run. It's long, you can, It is long, but you can sense, you know, time moving on. Hey, they, they, they really do a good job of that, because this takes place over 50 years, almost 50 years. And it's like, they even talk about, like, the cancer early on, about how, oh, good thing Jonathan's not here to see this, because they start getting these news that, Soviets have a Superman. The Soviets have something. So the Cold War is, you know, everything is obsolete. And I, I think that's interesting, too, because for somebody who never lived through the Cold War, because I was born in 87, you know, yes, I've seen it in fiction. I've seen it in movies, but I don't really understand that fear that people had of, of Russia at that time. Like, I, I can't. I wasn't there. And see, what's really interesting to me is that this reminds me a lot of Watchmen, okay. like how Dr. Manhattan was our walking nuclear deterrent for america and everybody kind of backed down well you got the same thing but from russia's point of view here with superman that's a very good point i did not think about okay. yeah like it's it's really cool the way that they did it and i'm really kind of angry because this works so well <laughs> i mean i found it very entertaining and I, I really do think that before we get too much further into the actual book, we should talk a little bit about Mark Miller, because this dude. You know, I don't know this, much about him. Oh, my God. OK, so he basically he's created a lot of comic books that have been turned into movies. Um, little things like uh, Kick-Ass. Oh, that he, was Mark Millar. Yep. Uh, Wanted. OK. Kingsman, the Secret Service. I did a lot of work on uh, Marvel's Civil War. Okay, I that's right. I know the name pretty well. I just didn't realize everything you did. Uh, Old Man Logan. 
<laughs> yeah, like he's he's done a lot of big comic books and a lot of them have been turned into movies so it is fitting that this was recently made into an animated film supposed to be a good one too i'm assuming but i've never i haven't seen it yet i honestly have no complaints about the dc animated movies like the marvel ones not great but dc oh, they're terrible dc is usually pretty top shelf oh yeah i mean I, I i second that but also like with this comic i think it's interesting how they show um it's Eisenhower, right? Just the president they're showing at first? Ike? Yep. Okay, I forget about him. But they show Eisenhower, they show Superman, but instead of having the S on his chest, he has the Soviet symbol on his chest, the sickle, or the you know, Soviet Union, the sickle and the hammer. I like yeah. that. Yeah, and it's great because, like, in the, they have some wonderful shots at the beginning of the book of, like, newsreel-type footage, and it is very much just, like, American propaganda, but with, like, just a little switch to make it into... Uh-huh. Soviet propaganda, and it's like just it. like, oh, that's so much fun. Like, and when they first introduce Lex Luthor, they have him as even a more intelligent person than you would have in the regular world, where he's playing chess, reading a book, and listening to something that he just invented, all at the same time. Like, I think it's interesting how they do that. Yeah, like I don't know, it's weird. Lex Luthor reminds me of like this is going to be weird, but um, Doctor Quest from Johnny Quest. Okay, I was not expecting that. Yeah, because, like, he's clearly got the whole, you know, oh, I'm so smart and I know everything and everything else, like, personal life kind of incidental to the goals that he is working towards. I I like that. I like it when you have a character that is so intelligent yet doesn't understand the simple things. Like, he doesn't understand why his wife gets annoyed with him because he's playing chess and talking to her in between chess moves. Yeah, and... It's interesting, too, with Luther because you have the world's smartest man versus an actual superhero. Yet another Watchmen thing. Because you had Watchmen basically boiled down to Ozymandias versus Dr. Manhattan. And Ozymandias was the world's smartest man versus the actual superhero. Like, it's really interesting that okay, this I is just kind that of together. a... That's good. Yeah, it's kind of like a weird country flip of Watchmen and... Like, I don't know how much of that was thought about or if I'm just picking up on things just because I read Watchmen recently. But sounds uh, accurate. Is that- yeah. It's, I mean, sounding accurate is 90 percent of the battle right there. It, it makes sense whether or not it was meant to be. It, you are drawing something that is you, you, you. It makes sense what you're saying. You, like, I can see where you're connecting these lines, whether these lines didn't exist. You know, inspiration-wise, it, it's hard to say because Watchmen was such a big comic, and I'm sure a young Mark Millar read Watchmen. Oh yeah, and he also worked with you know a lot of people that well, he worked with Dave Gibbons, who was the artist for Watchmen yeah, on a so different book. So it's safe to say I, I do like when they show some of the early stuff where Superman's like saving it, you know, stopping a train to save somebody in, in Russia, and I like how Lex Luthor's first plan is to sink a, or shoot down a satellite, a Russian satellite, and have it hit in America to get Superman to stop it. Oh, yeah. and I don't understand it. Well, like, my whole thing is, like, he. this is just, like, testing what Superman can do. <clears throat> and yeah. he was willing to sacrifice, you know, so many lives just to see if he could, if Superman could pull that off. Well, Lex isn't exactly good. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, he's not a good person in this book at all. He's never a good person, but... No, but I mean, this one, he is just so focused on destroying the thing that he doesn't understand, so to speak. Just like, yeah, it's an alien power. I don't get it. I don't like it. I must destroy it. So you got kind of a xenophobic bend there, too. You also, one thing I I do want to mention that most of this book is narrated by Superman. Yeah, which is... Cool. Interesting. And it's always in red and yellow text boxes. It's like, like I know some of the Superman books have relied on Superman narration before, but something about this, I don't know. It's just the way they did it was really cool. Because they Superman has such a different act. It's the idea that since he landed in Russia in the 1930s, didn't land in America, and he grows up on a farm, just like he would have in America, except with the Soviet Union, they have a different mindset. And so they they raise him part as the workers. They always talk about the workers union or the workers something, I feel like, in this book. Yeah, I mean, this is very big on, you know, 
Russian Soviet ideas. And there's there's a scene early on, like at right you were talking about after that uh, satellite crashes and Superman has to save it. The planet from the Daily Planet starts to fall. And like there's a line, people below screen for someone to save them. Not my people, but I never refuse to cry for help. And that's just, oh, man, that's solidarity. That's <laughs> but I like great. how it's still Superman. Like even like I like this idea that even though he you know grew up somewhere else, he still has certain things that made him Superman. I mean, again, it's also kind of like they're the Soviet Union. We're not bad people. It's just two, you know, just different ideologies. And you had a psychopath in charge. Yeah. I mean, and I really I really do love it when we get stories that like look at American exceptionalism and like turn it inward on itself. Yeah, like this cool. one very much does. I, I enjoyed it. Like I, I enjoyed all the little things in the beginning, this first issue, like you have Stalin where, you know, Superman had to go stop and say people Stalin really doesn't give a shit. He's like, just stay here. Like it doesn't matter because you know, it's Stalin. Yeah. And you know, you get that perversion of the whole communist idea with Stalin. I mean, it's kind of what really happened, but you know, yeah, but Superman's he's trying. He's he's a man of the people. Like one of the parts of history is that they always, you know, they talk about whoever wins the war writes the book. Stalin killed as he I want to say he killed as many people as Hitler did, or is it close to it? That's possible, but we don't really assign as much. I mean, Stalin wasn't great, and I feel like we all kind of know it. He but, wasn't as bad as Hitler, but I know that like he he he's seen as a hero at the time when he was not good, but because he was on the winner's side, he was, you know, a hero in a sense. Yeah. That's more what I'm trying to say. I think he got worse after the war, though. Oh, oh yeah. No That's doubt. Crazy. But it's just so interesting how they do this. And then they bring in, I was not expecting, but they bring Wonder Woman in and Themestria pretty early where you have Wonder Woman's mother at at this dance in in Soviet in the Soviet Union where they're introducing Wonder Woman to Superman. I thought that was cool. And she's wearing her original type costume at Tierra from the from the original stuff. Mm hmm. And you got Superman just decked out in his wonderful little outfit with all of his ribbons or his medals, rather. And yeah, like it's a it's a good scene. And there's some, you know, banter, some flirty banter going on. I, I but, like it. I like how she's interested in him, but he's not really that interested in her. Yeah, he's with her. And then all of a sudden someone needs help or he hears something or he sees someone and he just leaves because yep. uh, Stalin's illegitimate son yep who is in this earlier is upset because he wants more power and yet solid is going to kind of give everything to superman at some point i think is what was happening yeah like you have well we'll americanize this up you have his uh stalin's bastard son peter who is the chief of secret police essentially and you know typical dad stuff you know like oh my dad you know I'm his actual, you know, blood and he doesn't love me as much as he loves you. And it's a simple story. But the way that they choose to use this character, who's not even just mad at Superman, he's just mad at the idea of Superman in that he is the opposite of Marxist doctrine. Um, Peter calls him out and says, you're living proof that all men aren't created equal. Marxist doctrine is that that's far leftism, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be very far, like, communist manifesto stuff. Okay. Okay, that's what... I know a little bit of my... Pol- I mean, I'm not super intelligent when it comes to political science, stuff like that, but I, I know more than more pe- than most people, I would say, just because I've tried to study it, so I just want to confirm, but... Okay. Yeah. Like, I used to... When I was younger, I used to read the communist manifesto a lot, because I thought back then, hey, it's a good idea on paper. And now I still think it's a good idea on paper. <laughs> I just don't think it'll ever work no, because people greed and you, you can never make it work. But this this book did an interesting job with like showing the two different sides of this coin. And it doesn't take long after this guy almost shoots himself and Superman stops it because he's been drinking heavily that you see. I think that's when he almost shoots himself, right? Yeah. Okay, you have a scene where it jumps over, which, again, when I saw the scene, like, you immediately knew what it was. It talks about the purge that they had last week where two people were publishing anti-Superman leaflets, and then it shows them getting killed and a boy just left at the at there as they're just murdered. And yeah, I'm just I, like, I uh, groaned. Well, I knew what it, I mean, knew what it was immediately. Oh, yeah. And it's like, come on, man. 
And he shoots him in the fucking shoulder, too. And then they show him screaming with Bat. Yeah. So we all know what's going to happen there. You're going to have Comrade Batman. Oh, it, I wasn't expecting it at first because at first I didn't like I didn't really you know spoil this comic to myself. I didn't know this comic took place over fifty years. So I'm like, okay, they're setting the the roots for Batman, but there's no way Batman's gonna be in here because I wasn't expecting it to go that far. Yeah, no, and that's that's what's really surprising. Like three issues, my version that I have, including like extra stuff, is 172 pages. That's decent. So this is probably like, I don't know, close to like 150 pages from story beginning to story end. But to condense like over 50 years of history into that short of amount of time. And it works. It does. It does. It doesn't feel disjointed. It feels like it's, you know, progressing naturally. They also kill Stalin pretty quickly. I don't because it, it's shortly after this, Stalin dies and Superman can't save him. I think that's interesting, too, because he tries, but he just he just can't because he's not a doctor. Right. And Stalin's been poisoned by, uh, what was it, acute cyanide poisoning. OK, I do you remember when when he dies in history? I don't, but I feel like this is kind of close. I thought it was later. I thought he died much later than when this would have been. But I don't remember God, I can't remember who took over after Stalin died. No, he died in 1953. So, yeah, this would be close. Yeah. You were right. Like, kind of close. I mean, this Not is quite. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't say what year it is, but this is before JFK becomes president. Mm-hmm. And, and then it jumps back to America with Lex Luthor, where he, after the satellite thing, he's using some of the DNA to create his own Superman. And you get, you essentially get Bizarro, but he has the U.S. symbol on his chest. I like yeah, <laughs> which was pretty funny because like the U.S. symbol just reminded me of like U.S. agent from the Marvel comics. Oh, yeah, it's very 1950s propaganda type U.S. It's not like a real symbol you would have seen anywhere. Oh, yeah. No, this is like, you know, newsreel for purchasing U.S. bonds type of symbol. Like yeah. this is very much U.S. And I, I think it's interesting when you have Bizarro, because he doesn't look exactly like Bizarro. They never call him Bizarro. But he's Superman, too. It's Bizarro. And then when he fights uh, Superman for the first time, he gets his ass just handed to him. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, they, just wrecked. Yeah, it's interesting where you see them like launch a, a nuke, too, to help like distract him or something. I thought that was interesting, too. Like, oh, and that's where Superman has it. Okay, the Bizarro ends up freezing Superman to go after the nuke or something and kills himself. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like, all right, you know, like, even though he's still, you know, not quite Superman, he still has, like, that kind of, you know, Boy Scout. Because he's still made from the the DNA. In the the regular comics. But I thought that was interesting where he, he kills himself. And then, you know, because this is what Lex Luthor is working on and they lose their big, they lose their, to, you know, to help be equalized in, in the Soviet, with the Soviet Union. Mm. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting things in this. Like, they they made some choices. Well, they go back and forth with, like, with how showing that, you know, Stalin's funeral and things and how he talks about some redheaded girl he knew from when he was a kid at the farm. And it just, it jumped back and forth. To, there's a, there's a really weird scene in this first, in this first issue that I didn't really understand what was happening where Lois is talking to her husband, Lex Luthor. And he, he says he's, he's done with what he's doing and he kills the workers he's with for some reason. I didn't get that. I'm pretty sure that's just a temper tantrum. <laughs> oh, that's all it was. I'm pretty sure like he's like, yep, nope. I'm just now wholly focusing on Superman now. Okay, it doesn't matter. And the whole the hilarious thing about it is (laughs) because Superman beat him at chess. Oh, that's what it was about. Oh, because of the. okay, yeah. Superman two beat Lex Luthor at chess. Okay, I see what you mean. He called it a failed experiment because of that. Yeah. So like he's furious and he takes he kills all of his workers because of a chess game. Like, this is not a stable man at all. And Lex Luthor never has been. Ever. Okay, here's another interesting thing I didn't catch is where he Superman sees people waiting in line for food and people are hungry because there's not enough food. And that's why he ends up, because someone says, it's okay, Superman, it's not your fault. It's just the way the system works. You know you can't take care of everyone's problem. And that's what makes him decide. Because he didn't want to take over the Soviet Union. He didn't want to be in charge. And that's what comes because he wants to rescue the people. So he takes over. Yeah. Okay. 
I couldn't remember what it was exactly. Yeah, it's really funny. It's, <laughs> he just has that wonderful moment in like the sun shining behind him. And it's I laughed when I saw that because I was like, oh, man, this is so corny. It's perfect. <laughs> but it works. Oh, yeah. And like it's you- basically just American Superman just in Russia. Like that's really all it is. <laughs> Okay, maybe I do have another question. In, in when issue two starts, you have, I think it's Lex Luthor or somebody looking at how they stole Stalingrad and put it inside a, uh, like, they did what they did to the city of Kandor, for those that know Superman, where it's inside a bottle. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know who did, was it Lex that did that? It was Brainiac. Okay. Okay, because you have Brainiac right here where he shows him, he shows him fighting Brainiac and destroying Brainiac, I guess, and... Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But like Lex was trying to get Brainiac to do this stuff and he stole the Rock City, supposedly. I mean, again, it shows Lex Luthor being a villain. Yeah, except he's not doing so under the, you know, auspices of being a villain. He just he's doing what he thinks is right. And God. Oh, and then there's a, and this is also so many years later, but they don't ever say how many years later it is. But you can see by some of the images and it says like Kennedy Grant, Georgia Independence. So you see a Kennedy's president now. So you're jumping into the future, but they never tell you what year it's supposed to be. I thought that was kind of cool, too. Yeah, I just I follow the progression of the timeline by Lex's hair. <laughs> OK. Honestly, because like at the opening of of uh, issue two, you can see his hair has receded quite a bit. That's a good point. I didn't from catch where that. we left him. I do like when they go to Superman Museum in Moscow and the villains on the side are stuff that the American CIA has funded over the construction of his rogues gallery built by Lex Luthor. I thought that was uh, cool. Oh, yes. It's like Parasite and Metallo and stuff. And it's just funny. Yeah, that was amusing. It's it's nice to think of all these as just Lex Luthor designed ways to try to stop Superman and all of them failed. And in the Superman Museum, you see a stuffed crypto also. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> and I, I like this is also the first time you see one of the Superman robot type things where a guy has a little like thing on his head, which doesn't you know doesn't mean anything where he's just telling the guy, hey, you've been here too long. But this is where you start seeing how people are being reprogrammed by Superman. Yeah, because Superman is going to make his ideal communism work. And that's what I was talking about. And I was saying it's just never going to work because of people. Well, Superman, he's reprogramming people to toe the party line, essentially. And this is also when you first get introduced to Batman, too, who now is an adult. And I think that was that was interesting, too. Speaking of Batman, that dinosaur in the museum was really kind of throwing off some major Batcave vibes for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it does. It, it's just like when we read the killing joke, you just have a bunch of different trophies. Mm-hmm. Same idea. And the, like when he's Batman's at the bar and again, that's when they first talk about how some people are, you know, being, cha- you know, their mind is being warped. Like you said, to follow things out. And I like how Batman's a terrorist and this like straight up terrorist. He's blowing up buildings and statues to get their attention. Mm-hmm. And, and it's he, working. And he doesn't work alone either. He works with like a, a different people. And, and he looks like Batman, but he's wearing like the Russian style hat, I guess, with a. Oh, God, I love fur. those hats. I mean, I, is that a, that's a Russian thing, right? Or that's where it's from? Yeah, I think it's I want to say it's called an Urshanka hat. Okay. I thought that was cool where he's, he's just like Batman, but he's wearing one of those hats. I, I did like it. And the KGB are all like fucking like super soul, like not super soldier, but look like freaking stormtroopers. Kind of. I thought that was cool, too. Oh, it's or maybe not. It's a, it's a Yushanka hat. OK. But I, I was close. I was close. It's a cool hat, though. Oh, yeah. It's super great. I used to have one growing up, and I miss it so much. Well, Amazon can ship you one. Oh, they can. They absolutely can. And I also like how you see a statue. You see statues of Superman carrying the sickle. You see a statue of Superman and Wonder Woman. I like all that. Yeah, like, it's really... It's interesting, because, like, American Superman, he's not an authority figure. But when you... Put the Boy Scout in front of something that he can fix, but he doesn't want to. Well, of course, he's going to fix it. And then he becomes something else, something bigger. He's not just a symbol of a nation now. Really cool. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I thought it was cool. I was surprised how much I actually got into this. Yeah, no, I really enjoy this. And I really enjoy Superman making his own statue. Like, I really do. (laughs) And, like, when you see that, like, oh, Themyscira decided to accept communism, too. I like that also. Mm -hmm. And then you have 
um, Diana who leaves the mascara just like, you know, in the normal comics. But I actually like her Russian outfit where it looks kind of the same, but the skirt is black or gray with black stars. She has, um, you know, her, her suit is orange in the top area. It, it just looks it looks cool. And I like these scenes of them working together, rescuing people and things. Yeah, and they're doing it all for the glory of Mother Russia. Yeah, it's really cool, and like I, I think it's doesn't. I think she's already starting to kind of see there's something like he's not really interested in her. I think they see that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it, it's it's very interesting. And then you see Lois again here as it jumps back to when she takes over the Daily Planet, and she's much. You can see she's older too to kind of give you an idea how many years have passed as you have uh, Perry White retiring. Yep, and it's it's a fun little nod to things that you know, like we know that Perry White's going to just never leave. <laughs> but, you know, in this world, <clears throat> you know, Lois is taking over everything. <clears throat> I do like that she kept Lois Lane for the byline, though. Like, that's her professional name. It's definitely cool. Interesting me more than, and I like how Lex Luthor is smoking a pack of Soviet cigarettes <laughs> at mm-hmm. one point. Because I, I think they don't really say it in this issue, but they do say, or not yet in the story, but they talk about how America's not doing well. Like, they lost a space race and everything like that. And I think they go more in hell later on, but that Russia's doing really well, thanks to Superman. Yeah. And <laughs> the interesting thing is that they're talking about, this is where JFK starts coming in. <laughs> because JFK and Norma Jean are joining uh, Lex and... Lois for dinner. And that's hilarious to me because, you know, Norma Jean obviously referring to Marilyn Monroe. Oh, but they couldn't say it. Okay. I didn't nope. catch that. I was so wondering I thought, who Norma Jean was. Yeah. I thought that was pretty fun. And then they start talking about the UFO crash in Roswell. Well, we know Superman's an alien. So what could this alien bring about? And yeah. oh boy. You don't see that right away. And that was interesting, too. And you also see, like, Wonder Woman and Superman's relationship. Like, he's not really that interested in her. He's too busy trying to be a hero. And he didn't know he didn't catch it that that there was something wrong. Mm-hmm. I think. And then I do like the part where you have some Russian guy. Uh, I think. Is it the son of Stalin? Yep. I want yeah, to it's say? Peter. Okay. Because I'm not even going to attempt to. Yeah. When he's driving actual. in a car. And Batman ends up crashing the car, pulls him out of the car, and brings him to his Batcave in a sewer in underground Moscow. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty dope Batcave. I like it. It's got, like, bowling pins, and it's got a chef for some reason says Big Tony. It, it's cool. Like, I, I like it's like, you wanted to see me. And then he talks about how he's trying to kill Superman, but he doesn't know how. And I think he, and I like how he, he realizes Petrov, or Peter, whatever his name is, it, <clears throat> is the guy who killed his parents, because it's something he says, but he doesn't, he, his desire to stop Superman is greater than getting revenge. Yeah, which is that's that's really how you know that this is a different world story. Mm-hmm. Because Batman would take revenge like our Batman would. This Batman, no. This well, Batman this next, is only concerned about Superman. <laughs> this next part is very interesting to me where you have the big standoff where Batman throws off, ends up capturing Wonder Woman and he's blowing off fireworks to get Superman's attention. And it's all a trap to lure Superman to a particular spot. And I like how he ends up tying Wonder Woman up with a lasso. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. And I forget the lasso. I know it makes her tell the truth, but I forget what else it, it makes her obedient, I think, in this one. Yeah. And Batman, well, to Batman, you know, he's planned for a lot of things. Uh-huh. To the point of even planting a small bomb inside of himself. Yeah, I I thought that was cool. And then when he does the red light thing, he just starts, he, he gets, you know, so then Superman loses his power and he starts just beating the shit out of him because Superman is normal for a bit. Yep, it's the light of the red sun. That was cool. And his whole thing is to lock him in a cell so he knows what it feels like or something. Yeah, he's pretty much those sun lamps. The red sun is beating down on him constantly. So he knows what it's like to just be human. I thought that was cool. He doesn't want to kill him. He just wants to lock him up. And, and then he ends up, Superman is the, ends up convincing Wonder Woman to save him and to break her lasso that's tying her up. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was interesting because she, she breaks the lasso. She destroys the generator. Superman breaks free. And Batman, knowing what's going to happen, he just blows himself up. Yep. <laughs> I love that. You just have a, you have a panel here of Superman just looking dumbfounded and blood all over him from Batman blowing himself up. Yeah, that look on his face, he's just like, wait, what? 
And the and this is and he also did tell Superman like who betrayed him. Like he tells him it was Peorcor. He mm-hmm. just gives up the guy. And then you have Wonder Woman has age because I guess when she breaks the lasso, it makes her age for some reason. I don't. I didn't really get that, but yeah, that was interesting. So I'm I'm pretty sure that was just like akin to cutting Samson's hair from the mm. Bible, like destroying her symbol of power. That's a good. I didn't think of it that way, but that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and this. This book is so political. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't expect as much political machinations to be going on behind the scenes. And, man, old JFK does not look good. I think it's interesting that, like, in this world, JFK didn't get shot. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Because, <laughs> again, I always, I, I, have, I have said many times, I always wonder, you know, I, I do believe that life would have been a lot different if JFK wouldn't have been assassinated. I think you, you also would have seen more Kennedys in office than, than I think we'd ever needed to see because you would have had a whole different type of world. He wouldn't have had Nixon then, for sure. Oh, yeah, it would have been. It wouldn't dynasty. have had Johnson. Like, it, it would have been interesting, you know, if, and it's one of those things that people don't really think. I mean, I, some people probably did, but it's a huge crossroad for America is that one day where he's killed. And I still believe that he was killed by the mafia. I will believe that forever, probably. I wouldn't be surprised. But then well, again, I don't know enough about I, it to... I'll do a very short tangent on it. I watch a lot of documentaries about the thing about the stuff from different people. And there's a lot of stuff that they do. There's people who have they interviewed who have said, yeah, I brought a gun, a sniper rifle down here to the mafia for this and that. And I didn't ask him what it was for, but it was the same type of gun that killed JFK. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff like that. And also this is this. I think this is kind of in the history books at this point. The mafia helped Kennedy win a certain city in a certain state to help win the election. And then when they expected fame, when he was an officer, or at least leave them alone. And and when they put his younger brother in charge of the DA, he went after the mafia. They didn't appreciate that very much. Oh yeah, that'll that'll happen. So okay, back to enough of that. Back to the comic. And I like how he's taking Kennedy. Lex Luthor's taking Kennedy down. Kennedy down to the secret lab where you see a crash ship and you see the Green Lantern symbol. Yep. So that's what actually happened at Roswell, kids. It was uh, a Green Lantern core ship. I, I like that. I like the whole, you know, Green Lantern thing, how they bring this in, how after when you go back to Russia, you see, you know, Superman having signs to say obey me and things of that nature, or at least that's what it looks like, obey me. And you it talks about how people are dressing up like Batman because, you know, he inspired people. And like, it's very interesting because Superman becoming a v- very much a tyrant now after what happened. Oh, yeah. And Peter's been brain jacked. Uh huh. He's been conditioned now, so it's all very cool and how it shows like Superman built his fortress somewhere else to get away from Russia, mm-hmm. or Soviet Union. It, I thought it was very well done. Like it, and this is just the second issue. Yeah, like that's basically the end. Is that he's making his uh, fortress of solitude type place? <laughs> <laughs> and I like Holiday how the first. Home. The first, yeah, pretty much. The first page, or no, the cover of the third issue says he's watching you. Oh, yeah. Like, that is just straight-up propaganda right there, and I am here for it. Well, I mean, propaganda is a useful thing. I mean, look at our current world. <laughs> mm. propaganda. And I do like how, and the third issue starts off, it doesn't say what year it was. It gives you a little bit. Of of hit of like ideas where it says in my where Superman talks about his sixty third birthday. It talks about Brainiac and how he like he's taken over the whole world by choice by them letting him. But America is the one place that he hasn't taken over yet. And this is where where Superman is older. America and you and I like how there's one scene where you see him in his somewhere landing. You see the brain what Brainiac's become from earlier after he shrunk the city, and all these people in Batman suits have been brain conditioned are are cleaning. I didn't catch that before. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And then you you have it little is, scene like he reconditions Brainiac that, and he thinks that, Brainiac is working for him now. Oh, I mean he pretty much is. Like this is how, you know, Brainiac survives. He, you know, works for the dominant power. Okay. I don't know a lot about Brainiac. I mean, this is, yeah, it's pretty much like Brainiac will do what Brainiac has to do to survive. Oh, and did you catch it that one of the pictures he shows is somebody lifting up a green car? There are a couple of people lifting up a green car to reference of the first issue. Yep. Yeah, I did see that. That was pretty funny. And the interesting thing is that it's a riot, too. Uh-huh. Like, America's still a war zone. They refuse to take aid. Hmm, where have I heard that before? <laughs> 
<sighs> yeah. And I, I like how you have Superman playing chess with somebody instead of Lex Luthor, you see, and he and Superman just looks so much older and grislier. And then you see Lex, who's finally bald now, and he just won the election and ran for president. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. And he's like building things and it. And it kind of does a few pages off and on where it shows that after Lex became in power and became president, he fixed the economy. He fixed the country like six months or so, like really fast where America was a was doing terrible before. Yeah, he like the way he's doing this, it's like a totalitarian dictatorship. Like Lex has absolute control over every dollar bill and he's just he's making life better ostensibly for the people but it even says he's not doing it for the people he's doing it to stop superman yeah because he's so obsessed with it lex is just he's playing the long game and i i thought it was interesting too when they talk about because this is when you first see you see you know you saw the green lantern thing the last issue they go to some secret area that's hidden from superman like a portal and you see green land a green lantern essentially and they you meet hal jordan and they talk about how Hal Jordan was in a war and captured by the enemy and his plane crash in Malaysia. And I don't know, for, but I kind of took it again. I don't think this is probably what they meant, but to me, I took it as reference to John McCain who crashed in a fountain in Vietnam. Oh, I don't know. It just, that's just what came to my mind. That's just because of, I know he was captured. I mean, they did, and he, and there was, it didn't say it in here, but I was expecting him to say something. Oh, and he could have went free, but he wanted to stay behind with the other men, mm-hmm. which is what McCain did back in Vietnam. I mean, I'm not a McCain fan. I'm going to get that out there, but I do respect that part. I, I respect McCain because he's he he said things when things weren't great. Like he wasn't quiet about it. He was and like, I, no, so this I, is wrong. I respect parts. So that's I just want to put that out there since I brought it up. But I thought that was cool how they do that. And they, I mean, again, it talks about how he built a prison in his mind or something to execute these people. I think he he did. Now, I mean, it's all interesting, but it's all talking about how his willpower and how it was kind of cool. And then you see back and forth with some mascara where Wonder Woman, you know, has rejected Superman and she's all old. And Lois had went there just and Lois is much, much older now just to go and recruit her to fight against Superman. Mm-hmm. And I was really confused at this next part at first because I didn't catch that bottle sitting a bottle of Stalingrad earlier when they talked about it. So all of a sudden it says Stalingrad and you see some giant insect killing people. And it, it, it is until it pulls away that you realize Superman was looking inside a bottle, the city that was shrunk in the beginning of issue two, and a little like parasite, you know, or some kind of something, a bug got inside the city. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's really interesting. <laughs> and how he's still upset that he could never find a way to fix the city. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of goes back and forth where Brainiac is trying to convince Superman to invade America because he owned the rest of the world. So you need to take America. I thought that was cool, too. And it was interesting because Superman's talking about how he doesn't want to invade them because he he says, I could have had my utopia overnight if I'd hammered the world into submission with my fists, which I mean, yeah, but also that's like how a lot of, you know, communist regimes tend to spread their influence. So it's he can't stop being a damn Boy Scout. But it's it's cool. And then I, I do like the whole when you have. So it goes back to what shows Luther ends up going to Superman's Fortress of Solitude somehow. But you also have a scene of Green Lanterns all getting ready for a fight. And I like that. Like Green Lanterns light. And they all hold up their rings and you have like all these people. Yeah, you have a platoon of Green Lanterns. And that's crazy. At all. But when it does show Superman's museum, like you see a statue of Darkseid in the museum. You see the Titanic. The Darkseid really got me, though. Oh, yeah, that's just funny, because it's just kind of chilling there. You just killed him. Yeah. I like that. He's like, ah, I killed him, because that's what he should have done. I do like that you can see Crypto, too, in the background. Like, they're never shy about hiding that. No, this part threw me off, where Lex Luthor's about to start arguing with Superman, and Brainiac grabs him and, like, pulls him into the ship, and he says, you were about to do... You were about to do a debate with a superhuman intelligence, and you would have lasted... Like 14, nine minutes, you would have committed suicide. You know, he was talking mm-hmm. to suicide in 14 minutes. And I like how I think what it really was, he, Brainiac had a plan in place and this would interfere with his plan. Oh, of course. Which you don't find out till a few more pages. Right. But I you thought, do eventually find it out. <laughs> I thought that was cool. At the same time that's happening, the Green Lanterns are attacking Superman. And the scene where he just rips apart the Green Lanterns. Oh, man. 
That was cool. And they tried to hold him in a in a safe. Like, they, you know, the Alder Wilpaw, they make a safe. And they're like, don't think about anything. I like that. Yeah, like, it's really interesting. They're just trying to layer upon layer upon layer. Just, like, keep him completely contained in an infinite number of boxes. And I also <laughs> like the one line, you freak out now, they'll be sipping vodkas in the Pentagon by sundown, soldier. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's very... That didn't age too well. No. no. <laughs> but it... I, I also like how he just takes... Superman just takes the ring off Hal Jordan and pretty much just kills them all, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, man, like that that line, a thought-based weapon against someone who can move at ten times the speed of thought? Yeah. Not too smart, Colonel Jordan. Oh. Well, I'll be back in an hour to reprogram everyone. <laughs> yup. Okay, that was cool. And this is also when you have Wonder Woman and the Amazons end up attacking Superman. They fight against him. He, he fucks them up, too. I thought that was kind of cool. And then <laughs> we're not quite done yet. They release all the villains that he had been creating over the years. So you see Parasite, you see Doomsday, you see, God, what the hell is her name? Not Livewire, I don't think, but it's a blue girl with electric. Nice. I thought that was cool. They send everyone they can to try to stop Superman. And at the same time, you see Brainiac is attacking the White House and trying, you know, I thought that was cool. Yeah. So in a way, he's still getting his invasion. And I guess um, and Lois Lane ends up. I thought, OK, I forget, this part was I forgot about this since I haven't read this in about a week. And Lois Lane goes up to him and she's like, I have the only weapon I have. Uh, Lex Luthor gave me something inside my pocket. And he's like, you know, I. You know, that won't stop me. He reads the letter and he starts breaking down. The letter says, why don't you just put the whole world in a bottle, Superman? <laughs> yep. And that's, that's all it takes. I thought that was kind of cool how Lex Luthor was that intelligent that he was able to like to realize that the one thing that he regretted, he could turn against him or something. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> it was hilarious to me because like all of this planning and plotting and Green Lanterns and Themyscira and supervillains and all it took was like, man, you're a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) And that just ended it. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird. And it it keeps going. Like, you have a little bit more where then you have Brainiac, where the U.S. (laughs) is trying to shoot Brainiac, this giant robot ship with jets and everything. And then I want to say Brainiac starts trying, ends up attacking Superman because he sees his moment, his chance to take over. And he starts killing people, including Mm -hmm. trying to kill Superman. I thought that was cool. Then I think Lex Luthor stops him because he's inside Brainiac. Yep. But the really, really cool thing, I just want to step back a little bit, is that Superman, like, tries to appeal to Brainiac by saying, you know, hey, we weren't born here. We don't have any right to interfere with their lives. And that, that is just an interesting concept to me. Because he's been interfering the whole time? Yeah. And, like, you know, this whole thing, like, kind of makes him realize, you know, I'm just another alien bullying a less developed species, and it's morally unjustifiable. And that's just like, damn. But it it made me appreciate this book. Yeah, like, this, as much as I don't care for Superman, which I don't, we've already established that. Yes, we have. I do really like the idea that, you know, at some point, you know, Superman realizes, you know what, I'm just as bad as the worst of them. I think that's a really cool idea that it finally hits him. Yeah. <laughs> and Brainiac's just like, no, no, come too far now. I am well, not letting you ruin this for me. <laughs> I like all that, too. I thought that was really good. And I didn't really understand how he beat Brainiac. Right? I think Lex Luthor slowed him down, slowed Brainiac down enough so Superman could come up and rip him out or something. Yeah, I mean, pretty much Lex did the whole Ant-Man inside Iron Man and Civil War. Okay. Just like messing up everything on the inside. I can't read Civil War, by the way. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I think. And I, I do like how after they stop Brainiac, he has a freaking bomb inside there that's enough to destroy the Earth. So Superman takes it and flies away. And that's the end of Superman in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought, so I thought this was interesting. So you have that. You have Lex Luthor looking at a chessboard and all sad because you don't want to play chess with anymore. And then it shows, you know, America celebrating, Russia celebrating. They're taking down all the statues and, you know, the world's united and is run by intelligent sources. And it's still being, like Luther's still president, it's still being narrated by Superman, which I didn't think about at first. Yeah, it just kind of seemed like a thing, like, okay, this is how they're doing it. And yeah, no, then it was like, okay, wait, yeah, yeah, and all I, right. 
and it shows Lex Luthor die, and Lois looks at somebody, and it's, it's Superman, but he's Clark Kent, wearing mm. the glasses and wearing the suit. And she's like, hmm, I had the strangest sense of deja vu. And then he just walks away. And then it keeps narrating, saying that the world had gotten better. The world had, you know, Lex Luthor kept going on, new Luthers and new Luthers and new Luthers. And then it, it does something really weird. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's like. talk about this ending because it almost lost me there. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, all right. All right. It's strange. Yeah. So, so the ending of oh, oh you say it. I've been talking. No, you you go for it. Okay, so the ending ends up showing like you you see Jor-El, this like the Luther, you know, great 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 grandson or something and so you have you have Jor-El and he's kissing a baby and he's talking to whatever the hell her name is and they're putting this baby in the shuttle. I'm like, what the fuck? And then you find out that this is Earth that they're on. This isn't Krypton, but Earth is now being destroyed because people weren't listening and they just they destroyed the planet. And they put they put Kal-El in in the in this plane and they send him back in time to bring light and save the world. Shows him crash in 1938, Russia. Yeah, so how do you keep a story like this as self-contained as possible? It's simple. You turn it into a recursive loop just to doom to repeat itself over and over so and over. My question was, what happened first? Did the Luthers just live long enough? And they didn't need Superman. He still became what he became because of war and other things. And then eventually this happened and then they sent him back in time. Yeah, I mean, pretty much like the whole idea is that Luther's family just, you know, kept on getting smarter and better. And like there's been so much evolution in mankind. And but, oh, no, the sun's starting to go supernova. We got a problem. And oh, they're not listening. Let's send our son back. He'll help. Oh, no. So it's (laughs) it's cool. Like, it made me laugh because it was just like, okay, that's how you know that this is like non-canon Elseworlds story is that you've put it in a timeline where they literally cannot interact with anything else just based on its story. Which is like, how it what is, it deserved, though. Yeah. Like, it's impossible for it to not be its own thing. And it's just, it was fun. I had a, yeah. I liked that it was his own thing. I like, and I, I also, you know, this was this amused me. I was like, kind of like, okay. Again, I still like the fact that you know, this what if he landed in in, in the Soviet Union versus America? I I like I like Soviet Batman. Like Soviet Batman's a dick. Yeah, he really is. And he doesn't have the money. Like that's great. He doesn't have the money, but he's still like, like conniving. Is a, still a terrorist essentially, <laughs> and, and that kind of makes you think more about like. Nowadays, Batman being a terrorist, but the only thing that makes it different is he's got money now, like in the real timeline. And it's just like, man, come on, dude. It's cool. And now I can always say I've read a book with Comrade Batman. Yeah, that's just great. And I want that hat like straight up. I can look it up on Amazon for you and send a link. If you need oh, no, 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 no. I want that hat. <laughs> I want the bat symbol. I want the fur cape. I'm sure somebody at Etsy can make it for you. Oh, I'm sure we are not sponsored by Etsy. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're not sponsored by anybody. But hey, all right. Yet. Any uh, yes? Yeah. Any last thing to say about the comic before we go to show for box? Oh, I think we pretty much covered everything that I had. Same with with the exception that it was pretty interesting in some of the shots, like due to his uniform, he did kind of look a lot like Homelander from The Boys <laughs> in some of the shots. Would the boys have been out at this time? I mean, the comics. I don't know. This is 2000. What did I say? Three? Yeah, I think 2003. The boys comic is. I did not have this pulled up because I was not expecting us to go here. It's 2006. Okay, so it's possible that Homelander took some inspiration from Red Sun. I'm not going to say that's true, but Homelander's behavior kind of maybe. I can't, I can't, I can't read the book and I can't watch the show. So I tried. I watched most of the first, some of the first season. I just couldn't do anymore. Fair enough. It's too violent for me. It's not for everybody. We'll we'll put it that way. 
The book's worse. I read some of the books. Oh, it is. I've I've read the entire run of the book. Oh, okay. So you yeah. know way more than what you're talking about than I do. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, now, if you ever want to cover that. I don't. <laughs> don't worry. So I think we should go to Shelf or Box. All right. And I'll go first because I want to. And so this is going to go on the shelf for me because I, I enjoyed reading it. I've always wanted to read it. And now I can finally say I read it. And I enjoyed it. Like, you know, it's not my favorite comic that I ever read. No, not far from it. But it was it was fun. It was enjoyable. It was a good story. It kept me interested. And I'm always like anything has to do with Russia and Soviet Union. I, I love that type of history. So, you know, I got to t- I got to see a character I don't care as much be something different. So it's going on the shelf and I'm going to recommend that people read it. How about you, Kenneth? I was coming into this already to shove this in a box, honestly. <laughs> but as we were talking about it, it, I don't know, it just made me realize how much fun I actually had with it. And I can't just put it in a box. I'm going to have to put it maybe on a low shelf, but it's going to be out for everybody to see. I had fun with it. And I think other people should read this. See, if you read something on the show, you wouldn't have thought you were probably ever going to read. Who I mean, but and also for the record, we're we're recording this in October. You won't be hearing this in October of 2020, but that's when we record. So that way, in case depending on what's going on in the world, you know, when we record this. Oh yeah, I'm sure something's going to be going on in the world. <laughs> yes, I don't know when this is coming out. Sometime in 2021. So all right, so there you have it, guys. It was a, our Red Sun episode, and I do want to say that. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out more. We do a bunch of comics. We do games every week. We do movies. We're currently going through all the MCU movies. We should be we should be getting there at this point when you hear this. So definitely check that out. We are actually we are we get you recommend us to people. We we are anywhere you get your podcast. We're on YouTube now at the time of this recording. So definitely follow us on there, please. And if you enjoyed this, tell a friend, tell them, let somebody know that you enjoy games my mom found. I also want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, aka Mike Stoney from his EP Bite the Bullet. Song to Cool Kids Squad. You will see a link in the show notes. So definitely check him out and go read this book. It's fun. Good. Seriously. And I, and please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm constantly posting new images and what everything new is going on with the show. So definitely please follow us there. I think that's all I need to say tonight. So we will see you guys all next time. Please Bye, take care, comrades. All I can think of is Red Alert, but I can't remember any of the phrases from Command and Conquer Red Alert. <laughs> it's been a long time, but that's a good damn game. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>